The Tokyo Summer Olympics have concluded, and karate has made its debut as an official Olympic sport. Over three days of competition, there were victories, there were losses, there were injuries, and all the medals have been awarded. And now all the athletes have flown back to their respective countries. So how did karate do in its first outing as an Olympic sport? Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm Michael Hagan, head coach here at Apex Karate Performance, and thanks for tuning in for another episode, another Thursday Thoughts episode of the Apex Karate Performance podcast. As I mentioned in the intro, the Tokyo Olympics have finished, and karate has made its debut as an official Olympic sport. And so this week, I wanted to kind of give a hot wash or an after-action report, after-action review of what I observed, what I saw, and some of my thoughts are about the Olympics. And for me, fortunately, I was able to pretty much watch the entire thing. There was a a few of the the kumite matches that I didn't get to watch. But for the most part, I was able to see the whole thing. And overall, I want to say that I believe, in my opinion, that it was a success. And all the hard work that everyone put into, the athletes, the officials... Uh, the representatives, everything, I believe, paid off. And I believe that overall it was a good representation of where WKF Karate is right now. And I want to give a congratulations to all of the athletes that competed. And not just the medalists, but everybody. Regardless of the outcome of your individual performance. As I mentioned in earlier episodes... The Olympic qualifying process was a three-year-plus grueling qualification period that predominantly consisted of traveling almost every month to different countries to compete in an effort to gain points in the Olympic standing rankings in in order to qualify for four positions at the Olympics. And then those that were not able to make it to the top four to travel to yet another tournament earlier this year in the chance to qualify for the last few remaining positions. So it was a tremendous, tremendous commitment by a large number of people, a large number of athletes from all over the world. And you know, for, for the Olympics, we only got to see 10 athletes per division, but for each division, there were you know, sometimes, you know, 50, 100 people traveling per division, you know, the, the, at, 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 at the later stages, the divisions were capped, but it was a tremendous, tremendous accomplishment for those athletes to be able to make it to the Olympics and, I, Olympics and I want to offer my congratulations and my sincere support for all of those that made it to the Olympics and like I said overall I think it was a success it was a good representation of the level of where WKF Karate is at right now and I believe overall it was a good showing but one of the one of the some of the things that I want to talk about this week are some of the areas for improvement. And it's important that we look at not just 
the good things and we can congratulate ourselves on our success or on what was good, but that we take an honest assessment of not just what went well and that we can continue doing, but the areas for improvement. This is the same thing that we do with our athletes when we're preparing for competition or when we have a competition, regardless of the outcome, we don't just say, hey, congratulations, great job and keep doing what we did. We look for areas for improvement. And that's what I think is necessary when we're talking about the Olympics. And one of the important things that will highlight the necessity for doing this is that it's important to recognize that the Tokyo Olympics, because of the COVID pandemic and because of the situation, they made them accessible to almost everybody on the planet. Uh, for example, we, you know, in the United States, they were live streamed. Uh, you could watch it live broadcast replays. You could watch every sport had dedicated uh, viewage online that you could watch either live or in replay. And so, like I said, it's important to recognize that WKF made its global debut at the Olympics at the Olympics that we have the ability to watch it in high definition in real time from the qualifying rounds all the way through the medal matches for everybody in the world to see and so that will highlight some of the areas that I think for are for improvement you know when the news broadcasters are giving their commentary, they have the ability to do instant replay and slow motion replay and all of these things which highlight deficiencies. You know, when I'm speaking with my athletes and we're, we're talking stuff and in, even in my own training, I am a big fan of video replay because it shows me what's really going on. I can slow it down, I can move it frame by frame. And that's exactly what we witnessed during the Olympics. Not just karate practitioners, but the common, the average viewer who doesn't know the ins and outs, the specifics of WKF rules. And so sometimes the video review and high definition is not your friend because you can see everything. And I want to highlight one thing that was brought up and I noticed it even before uh, when we were watching, but I recently found just uh, yesterday, I found an article by, or an interview by Wayne Otto, who is a, uh, was a former uh, English national team athlete, former world champion. And he highlights some of this where, and I'm just going to head and I'm going to read this right now. The problem that karate has is that in other sports, the performance is judged on the performance, clear and simple. In karate, we are judged based on our performance, but our performance is dependent on how good the referees are. So sometimes you can do a perfect point, but the judges don't see it. As a coach, we have the video review. Oh, let me let me restart that as a coach we have the video review but there should never be a situation 
where a coach sees a point and the four judges don't see the point. You pull up the card for video review, and yes, there is a point. How can a coach see the point and the four judges don't, as they have a better position? It's a problem. The worst of that problem, when you go to the video review, sometimes red scores and blue asks for the video because he thinks he scored at the same time. And in the video, you actually see that that red point is missed, but the four referees gave the point. This is the problem. Look at the final. And here he's referencing the plus 75 kilogram men's match, the gold medal match, the very last match. And he says, uh, Tereg's uh, Uramawashi uh, hook kick missed. The very first point that he's referencing is the very first technique that scored was a, a hooking kick that actually didn't hit the target, just hit the, the opponent's um, back. All the referees put their flags up. This is what I'm saying. And this was not the only time. In qualification, athletes aren't being judged on the quality of their techniques. Techniques. Our faith is our faith is left in the hands of referees. How good they are on the day determines win or lose. And so this is something that I commented on multiple times while I was watching the Olympics. That oftentimes the video review is not your friend because in just the just the example he described, I witnessed this where they would stop the action because a point was scored. The opponent, the opposing judge, or I'm sorry, the opposing coach would ask for a video review. And in that video review, the, the, the TV broadcasters are showing the screen that the judges are looking at a replay of the action. And you can see how the point that the judges awarded completely missed. And sometimes, like he said, all four flags would go up. And so, and then also the point, the, the point for the, the, the athlete that was calling for the review review did score. So then they would award both, except the original point didn't actually score. And so this is one area where the WKF needs to make a concerted effort to improve the quality of the judging. And to be honest, though, I don't have the answers on how to do that. But it is something that has been identified. And if he put this, I saw it on my own. He independently saw it. Other people saw it as well. And the other thing to take into consideration because of this is the average viewer who is not a karate practitioner or is not uh, doesn't follow WKF Karate, when they see that these type of things happen, it delegitimizes karate as a good sport or a good uh, competition. The other thing that we need to look at is the judging for kata competition. Now, before I start, I want to say that overall, on the whole, I was generally satisfied with the judging and the scoring for the kata competition. However, there are two situations, two instances, to where I firmly believe that the wrong scores were given. And when I say this, I want to use an analogy first. 
recently, Allison Felix of the USA track and field team got her, her 10th Olympic medal by placing, by getting a bronze medal in the individual 400 meters. She's competed in five Olympics. I believe it was the next day she got her 11th Olympic medal, a gold medal in the women's 4x400 relay. And that 11th medal made her the U.S. track athlete with the most Olympic medals at 11. But nobody is going to give Allison Felix the benefit of the doubt and give her a better score or a better placement simply because she's Allison Felix. If she doesn't cross the, lo- the finish line in a winning or meddling position, regardless of who her opponents are or who she is, she's not going to meddle. You know, there's a famous uh, picture of Michael Phelps with, I believe it was an Australian athlete who took a picture with him when he was about 12 years old or something like that. And I can't remember the gentleman's name now. But then at the last Olympics, he beat Michael Phelps in the pool. And then there's a a picture of them like hugging, crossing the lane lines there and and congratulating each other on, on the swim. But regardless of Michael Phelps and his amazing uh, Olympic history, no one is going to give him a medal simply because he's Michael Phelps. He has to swim faster than everybody else in order to win. And yet in karate, we see this consistently to where people get scored not on their performance, but because of who they are and potential previous performances. So in the Olympics this time, in one pool, we had Damien Quintero of Spain, who ended up getting the silver medal, going up against Kyunadio from Japan. And we had Ariel Torres from the United States. And for the first three rounds, the two qualifying rounds, the ranking round, they did the exact same kata. And they were right next to each other in placement. So Ariel went first, and then Damien went. And every round, Damien got a higher score. And yet, the beginning karate, the beginning karateka next to me, who's been training karate for, that was watching it with me, my family member who was watching it with me, kept asking me why he's getting a higher score when clearly Ariel is stronger, faster, sharper, crisper, and his kata was a better performance overall. And in the third round, the ranking round, which determined which medal match that they would go to, they both did Anandai. And Damien got a little more than a full point higher than Ariel. And I don't know how to explain that Damien got a higher score simply because he's Damien Quintero and everybody expected him to make it to the final match. And so this is something that the WKF 
needs to seriously look at is judging people based on their performance. So Damien Quintero won, he went to the gold medal match. Ariel Torres went to a bronze medal match against Antonio Diaz. And many of us know who Antonio Diaz, he's been competing since the late 1990s. He's two-time world champion, 15 or 16-time PKF medalist until Ariel beat him in 2019 and is a legend in WKF Karate. Is it, he's in the Guinness Book of World Records for having the most WKF competition medals. And so before the match started, I had a legitimate fear that the judges were going to award the bronze medal to Antonio Diaz simply because he's Antonio Diaz. Now, fortunately, that did not happen. Ariel won the bronze medal, and it was a great performance. And I'm not saying this to disparage Antonio Diaz. He gave a great performance. And, you know, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts or previous videos, that he was one of the four that qualified on points. And so he continued. He had an, he had accrued enough points through enough victories and enough wins in Premier League competition and Olympic qualifying competition to make it to the Olympics as one of the first four identified athletes. So it's not that he doesn't have the ability, but you could definitely see his age. Uh, his technique was was slower than it's been in the past. His stances were not as good. And I had a legitimate fear that they were going to give it to Antonio Diaz simply because he's Antonio Diaz. But they did not. And so that worked out well. However, I firmly believe that Ariel should have been in the finals against Kyunadio. So, but, so that's one example. The second example is the bronze medal match between Sakura Kukumai of the United States and Viviana Botaro of Italy. And they both did the same kata, Supadempe. And I just watched these again yesterday. So I wanted to make sure that I watched them again and that I wasn't just reacting off the emotion of the U.S. athlete competing like I was when I watched it for the first time. And what I saw was that Botaro's hand speed and her hand techniques were much faster than Sakura. But she was not able to do nekuashidachi. She was not able to jump. And her shikodachi techniques, of which there are many in uh, Suparimpei, were wobbly and unbalanced. And she had a lot of unnecessary body movement because her shikodachi was not stable. Now, to caveat this, I say that Sakura did a great performance, but it was probably not her best kata. But when we compare them, which is what we're supposed to do in competition, we have to decide a winner based on their performance at that time. I believe her performance was significantly better. Like I said, her hand speed, in hand speed of hand technique, by itself, in isolated, Botaro's was better. But the overall technical skill of the kata, or the technical performance of the kata, I believe Sakura should have won. So... These are just some examples of two of the things that 
we need to look at as karate moves forward. The judging has to improve because up until now, the WKF competition, a WKF World Championships had never been live streamed or broadcast on television in high definition, on demand around the world for anybody to watch. And so when these things happened in the past, which they have, there was nobody to see. But now, karate was an Olympic sport. They want to get it to continue. The WKF, the head of WKF, has already been in contact. There's already a press conference, and they're contacting the IOC to try to get inclusion in the 2024 Paris Games. And I believe that these are some of the issues that need to be rectified. If it does, in fact, become an Olympic sport again in or included in the Olympic pro in 2024 there needs to be an expanded the the divisions need to be expanded to more of my belief is more of a standard world championship size program to where countries can send one athlete per country rather than this uh, laborious and grueling three-year qualification process because while there will be people that are willing to do it I don't think that this I don't believe that this is sustainable to expect these athletes to be able to drop everything in their life to devote three years to traveling every month to other countries to be able to compete and also another consideration is the referees it's just financially not viable and I can't think of another sport that requires their athletes to compete every month in a different country for three years just to qualify for the Olympics and so the format needs to revert or be back put back to a regular world championship style event to where each country can nominate one athlete per division to be able to attend the games and or even if we have to limit it by personnel again say that your your athlete has to be in the top 50 let's say uh in the wkf rankings to be able to compete and so all the countries if they want to compete then it's capped at you know uh, 20 or 30 or 45 people but that still will allow more representation of fair and equal without placing such an excessive demand on the athletes so overall i think it was a success i believe that the athletes did their best and i'm proud of all of the athletes including especially the four athletes from team usa who competed and all of the athletes out there put their heart out on the line when they did it and we have to honor that and respect that and especially in consideration of like i said repeatedly the the grueling qualification process but the the tournament did highlight some areas for improvement and if the wkf can address some of those i think it will only be for the better so now we don't know the state of what karate will be like in 
whether it will be in the Olympics in 2024 in Paris or 2028 in Los Angeles. But the World Championships is still later this year, postponed from last year. Continental Championships will still happen, both at the senior level and at the junior level. So we still have that goal of going out there. We can still try to become a national team member. We can still try to compete in the Continental Championships, World Championships, the WKF Series A events, the WKF Premier League events. We still have goals that we can aim for. We, we still have goals that we need to go out there and keep training for. So now, go get to work, and we'll see you out there.